Hey, hey, and welcome back to the seventh episode. This is the Courage River Podcast. I am your host, Shamika Baines. And today we are going to discuss not having your dad and growing up without him in your life. I think I was six years old when my dad passed. And you know, I don't have much memory of my childhood especially before the fifth grade. I mean, I, I remember little bits here and there, but nothing, nothing major. The only thing I remember about my dad is that he was a dark-skinned guy. And I remember one day, this dark-skinned guy was getting me out the back seat of a car, giving me to my mom, and I was crying. And I told my mom that was the only thing I remember. And she said, that dark-skinned guy was your dad. And you was crying because you didn't want to come with me. She said that I love my dad and that he loved me. And that is the only memory that I have. It's like to me that my life started in fifth grade. Because from fifth grade up, I remember so much about me and my life and what was going on. Now, I don't know that, I don't know if I had trauma from my dad passing and maybe that's why my memory isn't good about my younger years. But I remember, you know, having different programs and stuff at the school or just, you know, lunches with parents and I always wanted my dad to be there with me. For me, Watching other kids, how their dad picked them up, carried them on their back or around their neck, or the dad just being there with them, the dad, you know, looking at them and smiling, the dad holding their hands, you know, the dad, like, throwing them up in the air. I always, always wanted that. I was like, I used to think, what if my dad was here? Would he be at all my PTO meeting or parent conferences? Would he come eat lunch with me? Would he pick me up? Would he give me those hugs that I see other dad giving their kids? I always just wanted to have my dad. I wanted to know what he looked like. I wanted to know whether I looked like him or not. I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to see his smile. I wanted to smell him. There was some thoughts that were on my mind as a little girl, you know, and growing up, and I'll be honest with you, I am 45 years old, and I still wish I had a dad. Sometimes I still think about, would my dad be proud of me because I graduated high school? Would he be proud of me that I took a year and a half of business courses at a college or would he be upset with me because I didn't finish? Would he have been there with me when I got married and divorced? Would he be happy that he got two granddaughters? Would he spoil them? Would he be in their lives? Would he go eat with them when it was grandparent day at school? I always wonder those things because in my life I always wanted my dad there. 
and I couldn't have him. And there was nothing I could do about that. But that played in my head and that played on my heart. I searched for a while looking for a picture for my dad, asking different people, trying to find a picture. No one seemed to have a picture of him because they say he didn't like taking pictures. And then I asked one of my cousins on my dad's side, and she found me a picture. It was a picture of him when he was very young. And I was like, oh. And I started crying. When she, you know, seeing that picture and having it in my hand meant everything to me. It brought up emotions. I was happy that I got to see a face to the man that I wish I had in my life. I was so happy and I never ever let that picture go. Never. You know, there are just so many thoughts that run through my head about if I had a dad, what would he be like? What would he do? I even wondered when I was going through my divorce, would my dad, if my dad was here, would he want to beat this man up for us divorcing? <laughs> because I know dads are protectors, and I know that dads don't play about their girls. For those of you that don't have your dad in your life, come in and tell me how you feel about not having him in your life. Tell me some of the emotions that you have going through your head and heart about not having your dad. And how was your upbringing without your dad? I come from a large family. I mean, there's like a thousand of us. <laughs> oh, I just love being silly a little bit. It wasn't any strong male figures in my family growing up. I had a couple of uncles. None of them had kids uh, for a long time. They wasn't the uncles that disciplined us or tried to tell us what to do. Our mom got on to us. I don't even recall me getting a whooping when I was little. I can't, I don't recall it. I know one of my aunts, she used to whoop me as I got, you know, a little older. But I don't recall a time that my mom whooped me. All of us stayed in the house together. My grandma ran things. She done most of the cooking. You know, we always had thick cornbread. Sometimes crackling was in it. We always had fat back. We always had pinto beans or black eyed peas. <laughs> you know, even when we didn't have no meat, we had bread and beans. So we was always full. We had to eat tomatoes like they were apples. Or we sliced them up, put a little salt and pepper on them, spread mayonnaise on the bread. That was the perfect sandwich. We had bologna. We could eat it as is, or we could fry it and put some mustard on it. But our grandma made sure that we had food. You know, granddaddy wasn't there. I've learned that one thing that was missing from my family growing up was discipline and wrong male figure. There was, there was never a male figure that disciplined us. There was never a male voice in the house that got on to us or that, that played with us or told us anything. I remember growing up, I had a family that loved to fight. And, and my family stuck together. If someone didn't like one of us, 
the rest of us didn't like you. If someone wanted to fight one of us, there was going to be a lot of us that were going to be involved in that fight. Our, our mothers and grandmothers always told us to stick together no matter what. And guess what they told us? It don't matter who win the fight. Long as you stand your ground and let people know that they can't run over you. And if they hit you, hit them back. That was the thing that I was taught coming up. I don't think I really learned discipline until I got in my major relationship and got married. And was it hard for me? Yes. And you know why? Because I didn't know the male voice. No, a strong male voice. I didn't know a male voice that would lead. I didn't know a male voice that showed me love, that showed and told me love. Of course, I know my uncles and my family loved me, but you know what? Those words weren't said in our home. I think we all knew we was loved, though, by grandma making sure that, you know, we were fed. Moms, our moms buying us, you know, certain things. Or, or maybe letting us play out in the yard and maybe one of our uncles or someone watched us. But that was about as good as it got. But my grandmother, she would say those words a little bit more than everybody else. Oh, we loved grandma. We obeyed grandma. Grandma spoke and we did it. It was, it was sometimes hard for me as a wife to listen to my husband because I was like, who are you to tell me what to do or try to tell me what to do? And not that no one would bother me, but it was just the principle of not having that male voice or figure growing up. But thank God that I got into church and I learned, you know, the order of families, you know, as God being the head and the man being, you know, under God, but over me and then the kids. I learned that. And so I took that to use. And that's how I, I learned to be a little more disciplined. And was able to, you know, let my husband lead at that time. I was 22 or 43, I think. When I finally learned what my dad grade was. I don't know why I didn't never think to ask any of my aunts on my dad's side, you know, what his grade was. But I can tell you, I was talking to my friend one day and I told him that it was buried at this white church that I think sat up on a hill. And I said, it down in some bushes. And I can remember that. And so one day, I decided to call one of my aunts, my dad's sister, and she told me the name of the church he was buried at, and I went to it. And Lord and behold, that little white church around old bushes was the same memory I had in my head. It wasn't like up on a hill, but it was it was the church that I had seen. That and I went out there to my dad's grave. One of the deacons had put a um, stick out there and put a white piece of cloth around it. So I would know that it was my dad. And I cried. I cried. And my friends stood there and let me have my moment. 
And then I laughed because I was happy. Gray was a little bit sunken and muddy and bushes was like up around it a little bit. But my friend made sure to look around it to try to get some of the dirt weighing around it. And he helped me to clean that grave up. All the bushes we pulled from around it, you know, we got some cleaning outdoor clorouts and cleaned up the top of his, the top of the grave. Uh, we put little lights at the foot of it. We put a flower up there. I, and I was happy. I was happy with that. On Father Day, I took a flower down there and put on it. And I was so happy. I felt good. I felt, I don't know. I felt, felt like there was a great release within me. I knew where my dad grave was. And you know what? I stood there and talked to him. Yes, I did. And I was happy. And that void ain't totally gone away because I still wish I had my dad, someone that I can talk to, someone that I can, you know, tell my problems to, someone that, someone that can help me through what I'm going through, someone, a father figure. That void isn't as heavy as it was. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing, missing so much. I guess because at least I know where the grave is and I can go down there and talk to him. And I guess that alone gave me some release and I was okay and I'm okay with that. But there's still that missing piece. That missing piece that I can't have. That missing piece that I can't change. That missing piece that I wish I had where I could hear his voice, where I could see his face, where he can come and sit beside me and talk to me about my problem, talk to me about life, talk to me about the great thing I get accomplished. I so wish I had that, but I don't. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I hear, I hear and I see people crying and talking about their mom sometimes being um, deceased and although I can't relate to them on that I still can relate as far as I got a parent being gone which is my dad for those of us who got a lost dad a parent I don't never think that void go away you may not be as sad but I think your heart still hurt for that because mine does. When I got married and had kids, I told myself, when I got married and had kids, I made sure that my kids respected their dad, obeyed their dad. I made sure that your dad was at every conference or whatever it was that our kids had because I did not want my kids to grow up not having their dad in their life and not reaping the benefit of having dad there. When I saw their dad hugging on them, kissing on them, saying to them, helping them with their work, taking them outside to play, you know, putting them on his back or around his neck or just carrying them or helping them with something, that feeling of me not having my dad would 
always seemed to touch my heart at those moments. And I would smile and say, maybe this is what I would feel or what I would get if my dad was there. So I was so happy that my kid's dad was in their lives. When my divorce was final, I made sure that my kid was still a part of their dad's life. I did not act like a mad black woman. I did not act foolish and disrespectful. No, when my girl said they wanted to go with their dad, I took them. When they wanted to come back with me, he brought them back. They had something going on, whether at church, whether at school, anything. I made sure he knew so he could be there. I did not, under no circumstance, want my kid to experience not having a dad and not having him there. Because, y'all, that is a feeling like none other. That is a void that you can't get rid of. I remember when I was in middle school, 7th or 8th grade, I think, my brother dad was with my mom for a while. And that was the closest I got to a dad figure in my life. This man cooked for us every day. He was the cleanest, organized man I know. He loved us. Although we was teenagers, this man that was a little CVS right across the street from our house, he would walk there with us. You know, he would drive us where we had to go. He made sure that everything was clean and in place. He made sure we needed some money for school or something that he gave it to us. This man would bake cakes. Oh, this man, this man was my dad in my mind. It was the closest thing to it, and I loved him, and I know he loved me. And this man gave me my first wine cooler. Yes, yes, and we used to sit and watch wrestling. At the time, Steam was on there. Oh, we would get our wine cooler. We had peach or strawberry, and we would sit there and drink our wine cooler and watch that wrestling, and I thought, I was the happiest teenager alive just because of that. Just knowing that there was food. Just knowing that he was there. Just, just knowing that he was giving me something. Just knowing that he was loving me. Those was precious moments to me. And I enjoyed them. And then when him and my mom broke up, I didn't have a dad anymore. I didn't have that feeling of joy from a male figure that could be my dad. That I, that I looked at as dad. But guess what? He allowed us to still come to his new house. And he treated us just the same. Sometimes I was like, I wish I could call up heaven. And say, let me speak to my dad. So I can tell him what I got going on in life. The things that I'm doing wrong. The things that I'm doing right. The things that I want to accomplish. The people who is picking at me or trying to make it difficult for me. So I can tell him what a grandkid is doing. So I can so I can just hear a voice. And he can tell me everything gonna be alright. 
it has gotten lighter, but y'all, it really never goes away. You know, I don't, I don't sit around and cry all the time about it. I don't do that, but every now and then I do. And you probably can hear my voice a little bit now that it's a little shaky because it's a touchy, touchy talk, but I'm doing it. But I truly understand those people that be crying on Mother Day and just crying about their parent, about their mom. Although everybody deal with, you know, hurt differently, and I can never feel exactly what they feel, but I do feel the void. I do feel the hurt. I do wish like them that I had my dad. Do you know how many people I would tell my dad to beat up for me? <laughs> Do you know how much Do you know how much I wish I just had my dad here so that I can cry on his shoulder and he can tell me that it's going to be okay at times? emotions hmm my emotions okay and so that I don't sit here and start crying on you guys this is the part of the podcast where we share something learned and something improved and we share this so that others can know that they're not the only one going through something and maybe they can take it and let it help encourage them somehow. Something that I've learned is that you can't take for granted your loved ones. You need to love the hell out of them. You need to do your best to do your part. You need to do your best to forgive and just keep moving forward. Life is too short to hold on to grudges. And you know something I learned years ago when I was going through my divorce? I don't know where I read it or heard it at, but it say, to forgive is to set a prisoner free, realizing that that prisoner is you. And I took it as, you be in prison when you don't forgive. Sometimes you can't eat, sometimes you can't sleep. Your mind is all balled up on the hurt or pain. You know, it's just like you behind bars. But when you forgive, you set yourself free. You set yourself free from all the negative thought, from all that hurt. Why, you know what? Taking it one day at a time and still moving forward. You don't stay sitting there in your misery and not moving and not going on with your life. And something that I've improved on is being disciplined. I've learned to take the time to listen to people. Especially if somebody giving you good advice or if somebody giving you their opinion and it's something that you know is good or that you can use to help you, then use it. You have a choice to decide whether someone's opinion 
is something you that can help you or something that you don't need so you don't even think about their opinion. You have to learn to take the good with the bad because life going to throw both of them at you. The good things, of course, they're going to be easy for you to accept and keep going. But the whole bad moment, think of what you can learn from the old moment and then improve on that. But you keep going. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to go ask for help, go ask for help. But you keep going. Never sit in your misery. And so I'm going to end it here. And I thank all of you sweet, sweet listeners for being a part of my podcast today. Please share it with your friends and your family. Please comment, like, and subscribe to um, my podcast, which is called Courage River. You can also find me on YouTube, Star Mika. Instagram, I'm Mika to Motivate. Facebook, I am Mika Motivation. Invite your friends. Tell them to follow and subscribe to my channel. There is something motivational there for them. There is something that will encourage. There is something that will truly encourage them. And y'all, please remember that we are always improving and never perfect. Bye-bye.